Con Radio, presented by Wizard World. Radio for geeks. You're listening to the Candare Podcast, your sidekick in the quest for knowledge, power, and entertainment. So strap yourselves in and prepare for victory! Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Candare, a tribute to comics and pop culture right here on Wizard World's Con Radio. And boy, we got a special episode for you today. Being part of the Wizard World family, we were able to get some press passes to the event, and we were also invited to a press reception at the Hard Rock Cafe in Cleveland uh, the night before the con started. So got a lot of cool interviews to play for you today, and, and we really hope you enjoy them. So, our first two interviews today come straight from Artist Alley. We're going to be talking with George Wassell about his comic Oh Hell and Ted Sikora about Apama, the Undiscovered Animal. Then after that, we're going to play the interviews we were able to get at the press reception at the Hard Rock Cafe the night before the con started with Jason Muse and Jason David Frank. We're huge fans of both of these guys, so having the opportunity to sit down with each of them and talk for a little while was beyond incredible. Then we're going to top the episode off with a panel we were able to get, the uh, women of S.H.I.E.L.D., Chloe Bennett, who plays Sky, and Elizabeth Henstridge, who plays Agent Simmons. The coverage we have here is just the tip of the iceberg as to all the wonderful artists, uh, celebrities, and just all-around fun that Wizard World brings when they uh, come to town. So if you've never been to a Wizard World con, we strongly recommend you make time in your schedule to go. You will not regret it. So let's kick this off with a stroll down Artist Alley. So the first interview we have for you today is with George Wassell, the writer of the comic Oh Hell, which began as a webcomic but is now going to be in comic book stores nationwide coming March 2016. This is a beautiful looking book. I can't wait to read it and uh, hopefully you guys feel the same. So without further ado, here is the interview with George Wassell. I'm here at the uh, Wizard World Cleveland Comic Con with George Wassell of Oh Hell. Thanks for talking with me, George. Oh, my pleasure. Can you tell us a little bit about Oh Hell? Uh, oh Hell began um, uh, almost four years ago. Um, we began as a web comic. Uh, parents have had it, throw up their hands, ship the kids off to boarding school, not realizing it's actually in hell. Oops. And it's pass-fail. Sure. The um, uh, artist on it is a young fellow, uh, young uh, fellow from uh, Columbus, Ohio, uh, Dave Hammond, and um, uh, our colorist uh, Michael Burkhofer. Uh, he's a freelance colorist for Hi-Fi. So, uh, yeah, that's we uh, we began with the web comic, then we did a, a floppy, uh, a 28-page floppy. Uh, from there, uh, we used that as a, a calling card to show people what we were capable of. Um, we launched a, um, a Kickstarter that was very successful oh, for nice. us. Yeah, it yeah. was really exciting. Uh, that allowed us then to go ahead and print the full uh, eight-issue trade. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, then since then, in December, uh, uh, John Hughes uh, out of uh, Houston, Texas, he has started uh, uh, Overground Comics, a, uh, a publishing company. Very nice. Uh, John picked us up, made us an offer, and uh, so beginning in March, we're uh, 
hitting the comic shops uh, nationwide. Nice. Yeah. Nice, nice. And so that's going to be all over the country. All of, well, we've gotten our first orders in, Very and cool. uh, it's been really, uh, really exciting to see that start happening. And the last three and a half, four years, because I, I was new to doing a, a comic book. It's been, it's been like drinking from a fire hose. <laughs> yeah, it's just phenomenal. Sure, sure. It's a great industry to be in. Man. Oh, it's, it's, it, you know, it's, it's so exciting. I, I wrote screenplays as a hobby for like the last 20 years. Really? Oh yeah. I, I had, I had eight of them that were optioned, but nothing was ever produced. I had some for small money. I had some for decent money. Uh, I had one for a bad check from a Academy Award nominated producer. Oh wow! Oh yeah! A bad uh, check from an Academy Award nominated producer. How's that? Uh, oh, that's <laughs> it's Hollywood. For sure. Know? But um, yeah, so many things have to happen to come together, you know, in order to go ahead and get a film made. And um, I had this idea, and I. I just really wanted to see if we could get it out there and see sure. if something would happen with it. Well, it looks beautiful, and I can't wait to crack into it. So uh, where right now can people get the comic? Uh, well, right now, uh, beginning in March, you can go uh, into your local comic shop and uh, shout at the top of your lungs, Oh, hell. <laughs> and then as they're throwing you out, you can explain that that's the title of the book. Right, right. And they right. can find it in, in uh, previews. And the uh, webcomic is still going as well? The, the... Well, the webcomic, we froze it at about 100 pages, so they can go online and uh, see if you get into it. Um, the, the trade, the eight-issue trade, um, you can get that from me at uh, various cons. Okay. Um, and you can just, there's a bunch of information at our website. Uh, it's We're on uh, everything, uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, I think the Tumblr, I can't wait to read this. So thanks so much for taking some time. Well, talking uh, to me, thank you. Appreciate it's it. been great. Thank Let's you, get you on the show sometime. All right. And again, that was George Wassel of the comic Oh Hell. Uh, go to ohellcomics.com to check out more. You can also find him on Twitter at ohellcomics. And don't forget to keep an eye out in your comic book shops as Oh Hell is going to be available nationwide come March 2016. All right, our next interview is with Ted Sikora of Apama, The Undiscovered Animal, which is a, a comic book all about a Cleveland-based superhero, which was inspired by an independent movie called Hero Tomorrow. Both he and uh, co-creator Milo Miller were there running the booth at the convention, and boy, did they have a constant line. I had to wait about three times before I was able to get up there and actually talk with him. So thank you, Ted, for taking some time to interview with us. And with that being said, let's just cut right over to the interview. I'm here with uh, Ted Sikori at the Wizard World Cleveland Comic Con, uh, here to talk about this project, Apama, the Undiscovered Animal. Thanks for talking with me, Ted. Oh, thanks for having me. Now, we've had you on the show before, but since we've had you on, we've joined Wizard World's Con Radio, so we've got a lot of new listeners probably haven't heard uh, about Apama. Can you give us a little bit of information? Absolutely. Well, uh, Apama started as, a, in, as an idea in an independent feature film called Hero Tomorrow. Right. It was a film I directed, and it's about a guy who has an idea for a superhero, and his idea 
idea is based on the premise that so many uh, heroes are creature themed, but all the good creatures were already taken. So he makes up a new kind of animal. He calls this the Apama. And in the movie, he's trying to sell Apama to publishers, you know, and he'll be like, hey, it's like Wolverine. And they're like, no, it's not. <laughs> there is such thing as a Wolverine. So that's part of the humor of the movie Hero Tomorrow is a dark comedy. His girlfriend's an aspiring fashion designer. And she's got this networking Halloween party coming up, and uh, she wants to impress some people, so she says, hey, I'll make you an Apama costume for Halloween. Sure. So uh, she does this, and when they get to the party, he kind of makes an idiot of himself, gets in a fight with somebody. They break up, and he ends up living in a barn trying to fight crime with his Apama costume. <laughs> it goes about as well as you think it might. And um, what ended up happening is the movie debuted at the big Comic-Con in San Diego. It oh, played yeah. film festivals all over the world. And one thing we heard over and over again was people really like the design of the Apama costume. And they said, and the idea is so strange. They're like, there's nothing like this in comics. So I said, well, we, you ought to do a comic book about it. Right. But we didn't want to do an extension of the movie. And we thought, what if we just tell the story that was in our main character's head? Right. So that's what we did. We took the Apama idea and told it as a pure origin story. So you can forget everything I told you about. <laughs> and Apama is about a Hungarian ice cream truck driver in Cleveland that discovers the spirit force of the most savage creature mankind has never known. That's awesome. And I love in the trade, too, when you see uh, the actual creature, the Apama creature, man. That thing looks <laughs> wicked. It's, it's crazy. Oh, yeah. Well, we um, it was funny because Benito Gallego is the artist. And what we did is... Uh, the animal, I said, you know, just look at our character design of the superhero and make an animal that looks as much like a a-hole as you can version of that. Success. Yeah, and he, yeah. And he did. <laughs> so you have a new movie in the works uh, with the Palma, correct? Yeah, so it, this thing is coming to a weird figure-eight circle thing connection because now the movie, the story that is in the pages of the graphic novel, um, we are developing into a feature film. And so it will be the, the story of the ice cream truck driver who discovers the, the spirit force. Very cool, man. And any idea when that's going to be, uh, production's going to start, when the movie's going to come out, anything like that yet? We don't really have anything like that yet. We're still developing the script, and we're getting our finances together. We have okay. someone who's helping us raise money, and that's a big hurdle. Sure. So, uh, at this point, we're hoping to shoot maybe by the end of the year, or at oh, least wow. have our plan in place to maybe shoot in the spring of next year. That'd be awesome. I cannot wait to see it. And uh, it looks like behind you, is there a new character in the Opama story here? Well, that's Regina, and she shows up in issue five, and, and she is, uh, you know, the uh, psychodelic mistress of mayhem. That's right. Yeah, so... We have big plans for her. In fact, it was a screenplay about her origin that was one of the things that kind of kick-started this movie idea. Because I, I had an entire screenplay written about this character, and then we started thinking, what would happen if we just took that and meshed it with Apama? Right. So we'll kind of be blending this very weird psychedelic 60s hippie flower child gone wrong oh, with I'm the ice cream it. truck I love the driving uh, Ilya. Well, they look badass standing here, and it looks like your booth's getting a lot of attention. So I don't want to take up too much of your oh, time, but this has been awesome, time, Ted. And, uh, Thanks so much. Yeah, when the movie comes out or it's getting close, let us know. We'll get you on the show again. Oh, love it. Thank right? you very much. Appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, Ted. All right. Again, that was Ted Sikora of Apama, the Undiscovered Animal. Uh, you can check out Apama, the Undiscovered Animal, at apamanation.com and on Twitter at apamanation. And uh, check out Hero Tomorrow as well at herotomorrow.com and on Twitter at herotomorrow.
All right, our next two interviews were actually recorded on February 25th, uh, Thursday, the night before the con started, at the Hard Rock Cafe in Cleveland, where Larry Wilcox of Chips, Kaz Anvar of Assassin's Creed and Room, Jason David Frank of the Power Rangers, and Jason Muse of Jay and Silent Bob fame were all uh, together doing a panel. And before the panel began, they were giving press the opportunity to sit down one-on-one with some of these people and get uh, interviews. So we got to sit down with Jason David Frank and Jason Muse and uh, talk for a little while. So it was uh, beyond freaking cool, and uh, we hope you enjoy these interviews. I will say that the ambient noise in the restaurant was a bit loud, so there are a few times during these interviews where it's a bit intrusive, but for the most part, you can hear everything just fine. So let's kick it off with our interview with Jason Muse. My second. I didn't. Uh, like I said last week, I was in Pensacola, um, but this is my second one for the year. Last year, yeah, I did about. I think I did about eight or eight or nine or so. But uh, definitely dig them. I've been mean, the last couple of years. I hadn't done them in years. And uh, Kevin and I started doing them in '97, and we did them '97 to 2002 or something. And then we didn't. Kevin hasn't done any since then, and, and I didn't do any for many years. Um, died down, but now with the comic book movies and everything, I feel like it's, you know, it's, it's and it's just bigger, like Wizard now, um, as you guys know, I think, what, they have 46 or something, they have something like, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, they have 46 shows now throughout the, the states and, and stuff, and so I don't know, it's it's been fun again, it's been a lot of fun. Do you notice anything about the Wizard World cons that stand out from any other cons? System, they're very efficient, and, and they have a lot of people that hands on deck that will help you and stuff. Where have been other cons, and you get there, and you're sort of, you know, running around blind. Yeah, yeah. But then there's also like the one I went to last week. Like I said, they were amazing, and and uh, they literally had like people cars. If you need to ride anywhere, it's if you three in the morning, they had people waiting and drivers. Wow. And it was really nice. They were, they were really put together too. But, but whatever. But I feel like Wizard stands with all their shows or someone there with people are around helping out and everyone's really cool Joe and Joe and um, Jerry and all that stuff and, and of course you know they have their con TV and the oh, yeah. Jason uh, from Power Ranger Jason uh, <laughs> who's a really nice guy and, and uh, you know he's at a bunch of the shows and I don't know I think I definitely think that's one of the things that really stands out and the gaming they're starting to bring gaming into it yeah. So I think that's really cool because gaming is huge, and I love gaming. And, um, so, you know, it's good. Awesome, man. That's great. Can't wait to see you this weekend. Uh, congratulations on being a father. It's been about a year now, though, right? Yeah, she's, uh, she'll be a year April 1st. How, so how is fatherhood? It's been amazing. I mean, this is the tough part is leaving. And it's like, you know, I had been months, at least two, three months since I've left town and had a leave her, and it, it was really tough last weekend and now this weekend because, I don't know, just things, especially because being home uh, the 
last couple months, like I'm the one who wakes up with her. My wife works with Kevin, and so she's doing emails and phone calls and meetings all day. She leaves and comes back. So I'm the one home with the baby all day and night. Um, I mean, my wife is too, but I'm just saying me more so. Sure. Um, because she's working, and so, you know, it was even tougher now uh, leaving because it's like, you know, I'm used to waking up with her. I'm used to bathing her, and I don't know, but it's, it's been amazing. It's been really cool. That's awesome to hear, man. So you uh, see her when she gets older being in movies like uh, Harley? But like something like that, because I feel like if she can get her hands in, uh, you know, some building apps and stuff like that, I feel like you're set. Like I mean, you know, even acting, I feel like even for, of course for me, it's like 20 years I've been doing it, but it's like there's months and months where I don't do any acting or, yeah, yeah. or anything. It's it's uh, you know, and not to say that she couldn't couldn't be like uh, you know Ben Affleck or Johnny Depp where they're working back to back to back. Like that for everyone. So, um, but again, I think it'd be cool if she wanted to do that, of course. But I think I would be more excited if she was like, I want to build apps and or start up my own social media company and started the new Twitter, Facebook. There you go. The new Zuckerberg. Yeah. <laughs> Lady Zuckerberg, I, I father. There you go. Now, um, one thing I wanted to ask you that's just kind of off topic. Secret, you guys are big Star Wars fans. What did you think of the Force Awakens? I dug it. I mean, yeah, I really dug it. I was excited um, and, and watching it. It was cool seeing the little pokes at the older movies. Um, but again, I knew I would enjoy it regardless. I'm not saying like it was a, it was an awesome movie and, and uh, in the sense that it was way different and, and cool. Uh, but I knew. I mean, I'm saying I enjoyed it. I knew that. Like, I enjoyed the other three movies, too. To me, it's just like, oh, my God, you're going to get to see Chewie again? Like, yeah. even if the whole movie was just, like, them sitting on Tatooine or something, <laughs> it still would have been cool if, like, yeah, Chewie was in it and Chewie and Han's like, we're home. Like, yeah. just that cool stuff like that made me tingle inside. So I'm saying I knew I would enjoy it and be excited anyway um, and be entertained. Um, same with all the comic book movies. People ask me about comic book movies, and it's the same thing. I feel like I'm, um, I enjoy them regardless. Like I enjoyed the old Punisher, oh, yeah. Dolph Lundgren movie, even though it oh, yeah. wasn't the greatest. But it's still like, oh my god, they're making a Punisher movie, and and of course they're doing way better stuff. But I'm just saying, even like you compare the Daredevil now to the Daredevil movie, to the Netflix show. Oh yeah. I still can't say all Daredevil movies suck because I still was entertained and it was still awesome to see Elektra and Daredevil come live action right. yeah, life. Yeah. So to me, I, I dig them all. I'm entertained by all of them. Again, if some are better than others, but... Sure. So uh, having worked with Mark Hamill on James Hoffman's Strike Pack and playing the Cockknocker, yeah. knowing him on that level, though, seeing him as Luke Skywalker, does that pull from the mythos of the character at all, knowing him in real life? No, no, no. I mean, uh, I get what you're saying, but no. I mean, I was just 
stoked to do it because not only did I get to work with him, I got the lightsaber, bomb saber with him. Um, so, you know, that was amazing. And But again, like, no, because I, I guess it would ruin it if I spent a lot of time with him, like if I was friends with him and hung out in his house and stuff. But again, even though I worked with him, it's like I, it was only for a small chunk and I was so excited and we had fun and all that. So, no, I still see him as the as good old so we have Clerks 2, or excuse me, Clerks, Clerks 3 coming soon, Mole Rats 2, and uh, Moose Dolls, right? Yeah, hopefully, all, yes. All they were supposed to have, Jay and Silent Bob, and can you tell us anything about these movies? Um, I mean, Clerks right now is sort of being pushed, and hopefully it's going to happen, but Jeff Anderson's schedule, I guess, like, we were ready to go, and, and Jeff Anderson, when he got the offer, was said he was busy or something, I don't know, honestly, the full details, but he doesn't know when he's available as last I heard so who knows when that'll happen but it's not gone forever but it's just being pushed for definitely to at least a year or two Mall Rats are waiting on Universal there's a lot of politics they own the rights they don't want to make it but they'll distribute it so there's like okay I don't know there's stuff uh, you know they're just the, the financiers are trying to work that out with Universal and then Moose Jaws is, is looking good Kevin actually just uh, went to Canada and was meeting with some people and, and all that. So hopefully, uh, you know, Moose Draws will happen. And I mean, Moose Draws is, is like he, Kevin says, it, you know, it's his movie, he wrote the script, but he says technically it's, it's uh, Jaws with the moose. Yeah. Mallrats 2 is, is awesome because it's like Mallrats 1 and, and a lot of the same characters, but there's a lot of new stuff. It's going to be younger. The, the children and, and it, but it's going to be in a mall so I don't know much, how much I could say but for me uh, I mean I'm excited about all three and hopefully they all happen but any of them happen it'll be fun to do the Jay and Bob stuff so I'm hoping that they happen because I do feel like and I can't say it for sure but I feel like if we do Moose Draws Mall Rats or Clerks and Jay and Bob and all goes smooth I feel like Kevin will get excited and want to do another Jay and Bob so how I really am and that 40% um, is, you know, there's 
improv and stuff like that. So, again, I'm, I'm not as obnoxious and silly and stuff. Because, again, but it's more because I can't get away with stuff and, and all that. And I've sort of learned how to feel people out. Like, some people, if you say, I'm going to, you know, put my finger in your butt, snooch, they're not going to laugh. But they're like, what did you say to me? Uh, I remember my, me and my buddy were super, I hung out with was just like me, and him and I would really obnoxious. I remember pulling my balls out once friend some dudes are like, oh, put it away, and laugh, or think you're stupid, or whatever. One dude, like, open palm slapped my buddy, because he was like, oh, yeah, you pull your penis out in front of me, boy. Uh, anyway, so I'm just saying, like, that's the type of stuff over the years, I feel like I've learned to feel people out, and be like, all right, this dude's going to slap me if I pull my ball bag out, you know? Right. Not that I do that now, but I'm just saying, <laughs> my I your ball bag tonight, exactly. all right. All right. All right, and that was our interview with Jason Muse. Don't forget to check out his website, jmuse.com, and find him on Twitter at jmuse. Also, if you go to the crowdfunding website, uh, FIG, there's a Jay and Silent Bob video game called Chronic Blunt Punch that is uh, being funded as we speak. It looks like a whole lot of fun. It's a side-scrolling beat-em-up game featuring Jay and Silent Bob, but also featuring the whole View Askew universe. So it sounds like a lot of fun. Really hope this gets funded. I'd really love to play it. So yeah, jump over there and throw a little support their way. Okay, our next interview is with Jason David Frank of the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. He played the Black Dino Thunder Ranger, the Red Zia Ranger, but most famously known for the White and Green Ranger from the original uh, series. There's also his show, My Morphin Life, that you can check out on Con TV with Season 3 right around the corner. So here's our interview with Jason David Frank. So uh, I was just going to open up with that. You do a lot of these uh, conventions. Yeah. Is there anything about the Wizard World convention that stand apart from the rest? Yeah, man. The, the crew Super, super coded right now. Super coded. Yeah, yeah, I get it. It's, it's, uh, 
ridiculous. It's like the morphers when you lock them in a box and you don't know where they store them, you know? <laughs> so, uh, but I anticipate some good things coming out of the movie. I mean, they got a great cast and all that stuff. And uh, we'll see what happens, you know? Yeah. We'll hope for the best. We've uh, also seen you on the Super Superpower Beatdown episodes. Uh, Green Ranger uh, faces Ryu. White Ranger faces uh, Scorpion. Yeah. It looks like the Green Ranger even uh, undertook like, some suit modifications. Was, yeah. that, was that you? Was that no, no, that was, that was Aaron, yeah. Aaron, uh, great guy. He d- redesigned the suit, and now it's become like, even beyond the reboot and the movie and all that stuff, this suit has become like a really cosplay popular. Oh, yeah. They're changing it. They're changing the looks of the other suits. So that was his vision. And um, I'm pretty proud of him because it's you know, a YouTube show, and it's really changed the look of the Green Ranger. And I even like that look. That's yeah. Crazy, you know? it, like that. it looks Ask great. It, it looks yeah. great. You have the things on the side here. Yeah. There's like shoulder pads under the crest. A lot more comfortable, a lot more sturdy fighting in it. Yeah. seemed to lot, move pretty comfortably. Yeah, so. a lot more. So how much of those fights in those episodes are actually choreographed or just freestyle sparring? Um, a lot of it's choreographed. Um, you know, Alvin is one of the guys, too, that does the stunts because not everybody can do everything. On, on The filming is very, you know, when you have a certain amount of time, it's kind of like with interviews. It's like you might send a crew out or another crew, so we're all doing it at the same time so we can get back and come up together with something. So, But um, it's a lot, a lot of it's choreographed. A lot of it's practiced over and over again. We did... Um, the Operation Black Unicorn, which is the Taze Cadden, which we're going to release this year on Bad in the Sun. It was great. I got a chance to work with all those stunt guys, Alvin, and all those guys. And we got some, those fight scenes are really clean. Um, and uh, it's kind of a new superhero-based type of uh, show. I got a lot of stuff going on this year. Um, this year, it's just everything I seem to get into is hush-hush uh, about this and that. So hopefully, hopefully we'll be able to, like, you know, Bad in the Sun's got a really good project that I'm doing with them. Really good. So I'm excited about that one. Everything they put out has been fantastic. Yeah, it's been great. So I can't wait. And now it's a real deal because I just got my contracts tonight for it. So I'm going to sign the contracts, which Aaron sent, which is cool. So now they got contracts out to all the actors, and then we're going to sum it all together and get it going. So you're going to really like it. It's going to be great. just watching, I don't know if you guys, my reality show, My Morphin Life's on Con TV. Yes. So Mike's got a show on Con TV. I don't know if you've seen it. Um, Mike Carbon, Carbonaro, he's like a big comic book collector in New York, and he's got the big Apple Con TV show, so he's, he's got the TV show, but I just love watching that. I was into mostly Marvel, never DC at that time. <laughs> you know, right there with you, man. I collect, I bought two issues. I was really into Wolverine, because he was kind of like, I thought the Tommy character, Power stuff and then everything got commercialized but um i was into his character i, I loved x-men collected all the comic oh, yeah. book x-men so um, you know daredevil a lot of stuff i had giant size x-men you know number 94 and had all the incredible hulk um, with wolverine's first appearance in it and you know i had all the top comics and then i sold that whole comic book collection to buy my first karate school time I got, at that time, 24 years ago, I got about 11, 13 grand for my comic collection. Wow. So I had a lot of top books. Wow. So, Any regrets? 
Sports ever selling any of them? No, because you know what? That bought me my first karate school, and now I own corporations, yeah. and that bought, brought me back to Comic Cons where I can buy any comic book I want. I do That's refuse awesome. the price to pay what I used to pay for. <laughs> but yeah, man, it, it's a full circle. I never knew comics would get me in my martial arts career before Power Rangers. Starting me in Power Rangers, got my corporation the full circle back into comic books, and the reason why I did Comic Cons is to look at comic books. That's it. Never got a chance because I'm super busy, but I was like, yeah, I'm going to go to Comic-Cons. I kind of miss read Comics for me were like a really re easy read. You know, like I have ADD, so like following the story is great. And it's like playing text on a book, I fall asleep. Yeah, so yeah, so I, I like the reads of comics and I like the storylines. Now there's tons of them. When back in the days it was like Marvel, DC, very rare on the other ones. Now there's so many different brands. I'm like lost. It's yeah. really big stuff, yeah. season four um, in that one we revisit the Power Rangers movie sets in Australia which was great to get a chance to kind of revisit some of the sets um, Johnny Bosch me and uh, Johnny Bosch did some cool alligator wrestling and some some cool stuff uh, eating fried bugs and oh man and then uh, me and David Yost got together on the Comic Con of Sac Sacramento and reminisce about old times and uh, punch each other in the balls what else <laughs> turn the whole episode boom anyway Jets and pulled some, you know, some tricks up there and stuff. Evil from evil kind of stuff. Yep, and then London, Paris, went out there, showed some international fans and stuff. Just real fun, cool, eight-minute, non-ADD shows where you can watch it and get over. Yeah, sure. I did that. So. Sweet, man. That's yeah. really all we got for you. All right, man. But I want to thank you for taking time to talk Anytime, to us. Anytime, dude. I appreciate it. All right, and that was our interview with Jason David Frank. And don't forget to check him out on Twitter at JDFFFN and also his website, MorphedUp.com. And keep a close eye out on Con TV for Season 3 of My Morphin Life. There were so many amazing uh, celebrity talents at Wizard World this year. Matt Smith, Kaz Anvar, Chris Hemsworth, Michael Rooker, Henry Winkler, Brent Spiner, just to name a few. Though we would have loved the opportunity to talk with some of them and to see their panels, there are only so many hours of the day. So we decided to go to the Women of S.H.I.E.L.D. panel featuring Chloe Bennett, who plays Sky and Daisy on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and Elizabeth Henstridge, who plays Agent Simmons. This panel was hosted by Mo Lightning of uh, Wizard World and the Con Smash, another show here on Con Radio. So we hope you enjoy this panel as much as we did.
time to fly here? I did. I was on a small plane with Chris Hemsworth. They learn a lot from each other, so that's one of my, yeah. one of my fans. I love that one, too. 
I like um, May and Lincoln as a little like, because they're so different, and I just, I think they're really funny together. You'll see more of that moving forward. Right. Yeah, you guys will like that dynamic. It's cute. May and anyone, because she's so monosyllabic. <laughs> just like seeing her trying to interact with people on the front. Is it open? No, it's open. No, it's on. Great, because that was really interesting. <laughs> Very cool. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to start with my question with a statement. It is on Stop Girl. And um, I just want to say that this is the most relatable and phenomenal female cast I've ever seen on a show. Um, we talked about being your Asian. I'm a female in science who gets stereotyped all the time. Um, so I wanted to thank you guys not only for being role models to young women, but being role models who have actually accomplished things, whether it's as your characters or as yourselves. You're not just sitting up there looking pretty and being a Kardashian. And, uh, I'm actually I, a Kardashian. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. Like, really? Yeah. yeah. That's why we're friends. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Me and the other Kardashian, Chloe, we switched places. Um, so, my question is what do you hope to see the show do in the future? What direction do you want to see it take? to continue that positive role model for young people in general? Good question. I think it's so built into the show that we have such strong, intelligent characters that either happen to be female or male. It's not really made a big deal of that, you know, we're both women and very capable. So I think that it's just going to carry on in whatever storyline is, is there and just get stronger as we go forward. I totally agree. I think that the nonchalant aspect of everyone has something to bring to the table, whether they're male or female, whether they're gay or straight, whether they're black or Asian, and I think it's just not made a big deal. And that's where we need to move forward. I think just continuing that. Our writers are so are so good at that, and um, yeah, I think just kind of moving forward the way we have been, right? I mean, most of the females on the show do stunts more than the men, which is awesome. And I don't know any other show that does that. Yeah. Some better than others. <laughs> She's amazing. Stigmatic. No, you're the baddest for the season. It is. No, it is. You guys clap. I know. I heard her last week, and, and she said she's happy she's not in your role where you have to keep same way. It's the most awkward thing in the world. Like you do, you do very well though. It's pretty horrible. I'm gonna be honest. Like I always thought it would be really awesome to have superpowers, but it's just a lot of like. You <laughs> <laughs> have to be really serious, like really into it, and like have no. It's kind of embarrassing, you know, when you have everyone just watching you pretend. It's still just stand there and stare at you. Yeah. Doing it. Yeah. yeah. Like when I like um, Constance Zimmer who played Rosalind was falling, and I I, I caught her. Did any of you see that episode? Yeah. And so when we shot that, she wasn't falling. <laughs> she was right like behind me, sitting in her chair, and I was looking 
had a piece of tape like, no. <laughs> and then that's what happened. <laughs> it's a lot of trust in the editors. <laughs> well, hello. I feel a little awkward because I'm not fully caught up yet. Uh, I, I'm in college, so it's hard to watch TV. Uh, but uh, one thing I do love about the show is the fact that it kind of, well, I mean, Marvel in general connects together. But I was wondering, through Agents of the S.H.I.E.L.D., if they're planning on bringing any of the next-gen superheroes into the storyline. Like maybe Kate Bishop or Miss Marvel, you know, Kamala Khan, or anything like that, who are complicated, or complicated female characters. Um, as well as really diverse and have great storylines. I do they would tell us like one minute before they came to set, probably. Right? Yeah. 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 But we would love that too. Yeah. yeah, I would love to see, I would love to see Ms. Marvel, you know. Yeah. I'm all about more diversity on the show, and I think, you know, they know what they're doing, but we've got some surprises of our for this season. Not all then. Well, <laughs> I get really nervous because it's really, I'm the worst at keeping secrets and I'm about to blurt out everything I know. And I'm like, it's okay. I'm just... um, thank you. Thank you. Before I ask one question, I want to say that I really love the song. Thank you. And my question is. What is your guys' favorite moments on set um, from all three seasons? I think my favorite moment was on like my first day of filming, walking on set and seeing Joss Whedon there and just working and doing it. Like, have you heard about that? <laughs> it's like trying to make it big. <laughs> so I think that first day, because it was just so surreal and just working with people that you didn't know but now are our family and um, yeah so that first day it's been downhill from there <laughs> yeah I have to say the pilot is uh, definitely one of those surreal moments my first day was on you know they were blowing up a building um, on the universal lot and like when I was uh, 13 I took a tour of the universal lot like the um, like the tourism ones that you pay to go on. And I told my dad, I was like, one day I'll work here. And I got to 10 years later, which is kind of cool. Um, so that was cool. You know, anytime you get like a big stunt or something that feels surreal that you just couldn't normally do in real life, um, that's cool. Yeah. There's so many you guys who can choose. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I, before, I ask, before I ask my question, just want to say thanks, Elizabeth, for being so sweet today. It meant the world to me, so and I came out here just to see you. Oh, so, thank you. She's the sweetest I want to person. come and watch you in your PTs in a Kiss tribute band. The, it's actually the best Kiss tribute band in the whole world when people don't kiss themselves. It's true. So, you hear that, you guys? So, the band name is Mr. Speed. Anyway, my question, uh, Elizabeth, what do you want to happen with Fitz and Simmons? Oh, I want them 
to be together forever and get
So what was your favorite um, funny moment or behind the scenes from filming for these last three years? The, the question is, do you remember the fart machine? Um, last year, it was the end of season two, Clark got this, um, oh. Let me change the lighting up to get you guys more comfortable. This is Cedar Point guy again. So it was a fart machine. <laughs> last year, he, um, he, he got, we were in this Quinjet, and it was, it was, the, it was the first scene that Ward was back with the team, remember? infiltrated the Hydra base, it was like winter or something, and we were all having a fake, by the way, let's show them how we, so when you're acting a plane crash, we're not actually in a plane crashing, so this is literally what we have to do, we go, I knew the end 
genuinely mad at me, yeah. so I, like, you guys would, like, start filming and I would be like, you know, I'd, like, walk over and try and see you guys. That was fun for me. That's kind of weird. <laughs> Thank you very much. So it was really fun. That was really fun because we were in. Getting to be in fake winter was fun. Yeah, that was fun. And we all had guns. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were, there was like, you loved, Elizabeth loves, Love you should know about this. Elizabeth yeah. loves matching outfits yeah. and leopard. Yeah. Yeah. Cheetah. Cheetah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. What's the difference? Thank you. 
just to make fun of Golston's character. So 
Oh, yeah, snacks. Oh, yeah. Great, snacks. Yeah. Yeah. And you make really good tea. I hate traffic. <laughs> and like flying. Well, it was yesterday, that was fine. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. It was weird. It was like, 
you know, part of the team also we're used to all working together all the time, and that's to spend that heat obviously would be um, uh, in us. Yeah, yeah, with us at work. So that was uh, this is it. But he knew a week before or something. He knew before we knew. And looking back, he was definitely more awkward. Yeah. <laughs> Which is hard to do. Is that what you meant,
All right, everyone. And again, that was the Women of S.H.I.E.L.D. panel with uh, Chloe Bennett, who plays Daisy uh, slash Sky on the show, and Elizabeth Henstridge, who plays Agent Simmons on the show. Another panel we were fortunate enough to attend but did not record was the uh, Game Fix podcast panel. Uh, Game Fix being another show right here on uh, Wizard World's Con Radio. We got to meet Verlaine, Spanish, and Link from the show. Uh, They put on a great panel, and we're supposed to be uh, collaborating soon, uh, doing a cross-podcast, so keep an eye out for that in the uh, near future. And don't forget to check them out on Wizard World's Con Radio, along with the other fantastic shows. Uh, I do apologize for the quality of some of the recordings in this episode. Uh, I've got a good recorder, but uh, with the surrounding noise, it made it very difficult. So I'm going to have to invest in a, a new recorder for the next time we go out and cover a con. If you weren't able to make it out to the convention this year, do not fret because it's already been confirmed that Wizard World will be returning to Cleveland 2017, uh, February 24th through the 26th again at the First Merit Convention Center. Don't forget to visit our website, www.candairpodcast.com, where you can listen to old episodes, read up on past episodes, check out the Wall of Heroes, and now you can enter to win a Deadpool prize pack, which has some pretty badass uh, Deadpool gear, a couple awesome figures, and a T-shirt. All you have to do is go to the website and uh, put your submission in, and you're entered. Must be within the United States, though. So I think that's going to do it for this week. I want to thank, again, George Wassel and Ted Sikora for taking some time to talk with us about their comics. Uh, I want to thank Jason Muse and Jason David Frank for stopping and uh, talking with us at the Hard Rock. It was amazing. And a big, big thanks out to Mo Lightning and Jerry Milani of the Wizard World staff for making all this possible. All right, and I think that's going to do it. So until next time, I am Jeremy Colley, and thanks for listening. there's a fire in your house, be sure to get outside immediately. And once outside, get on CandarePodcast.com. Well, thanks for the tip, Blowtorch, but just one question. What about the fire? And no one is half the battle. G.I. Joe! Are you tired of seeing your teen or young adult struggle on a path that clearly isn't the right fit? Is your teenager confused about which direction to take after high school? The future of work is changing rapidly, and our kids need to know all of the options available after high school so they're empowered to make the choice that is best for them. In each episode, we explore the latest trends that are shaping the opportunities of today and tomorrow. I'm your host, Betsy Jewell, and this is the High School Hamster Wheel Podcast.